in Numbers 25, verse 11. Phineas. You ever heard of that name before? Phineas. Phineas. The son of Eliezer. Who was Eliezer? He was the high priest, Aaron's brother. The son of Aaron, or rather his son. The priest has turned back my wrath from the children of Israel because he was zealous with my zeal among them so that I did not consume the children of Israel in my zeal. Therefore say, behold, I give to him, to who? To Phinehas, my covenant of peace. You know, the book of First Peter says that they have went astray and followed the way of Balaam. Balaam couldn't curse God's people, but he told the guy who hired him, I know how you can influence them. I can't curse them, but I can show you how to influence them. I can, I can dwell where they dwell. I can live among them, and I can influence them. So that's where the worship of Baal came in. And the Bible told us in, in Exodus that God had said, when you go to the, to the new land that I am taking you, beware that you do not serve their gods, because then their gods will, will consume you. They'll influence you. And then you will begin to marry those foreign women and they will influence you and there was something taking place in the book of numbers where 24,000 people died and the bible says there was a plague could you imagine here's all these people they had experienced a red sea crossing they had experienced a jordan crossing they had experienced all these plagues and yet there's another plague and phineas stood up you know, Phineas is not a very popular character. We heard, we've heard about Jephthah. We've heard about Shammah. We've heard about Moses and David and all those great giants of the faith. The Bible calls them heroes of the faith who slew giants, who stopped the mouths of lions, who subdued kingdoms and put aliens to fight. But Phineas wasn't a very popular guy. Phineas was, was, was third generation priest. You had Aaron, Eliezer, and then you had Phineas. Phineas was, was, was probably a little boy at the crossing. He was probably a child at the crossing. He, he didn't have a title. He wasn't the first priest. He, he, he was basically a no one. He was a, an unknown. He was a, an unknown behind the scenes. No one really thought of him. No, I mean, I never heard a message on Phineas. But David wrote a psalm about him. In Psalms 103, the Bible says, And there was a plague, and Phinehas stood up. Psalms 106, I'm sorry, Kayla. Psalms 106, he said, And there was a plague, and Phinehas stood up and intervened. And the plague was stopped. And look at the next words. And that was accounted to him for righteousness. When you read those words, who do you think about? Noah. 
The Bible says, Noah, in godly fear, knowing what was to come, he, God warned him. The Bible says he moved with godly fear, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. We talk a lot about Noah, but what about Phineas? Phineas was nobody. But he stood up and he said, the plague, this, this, this behavior must stop and I'm going to put a stop to it. And he says, I'm not letting that, that person come into my house anymore. I'm not allowing this thing to come into my tent no more because too many people are dying from it. Some of us have allowed fear to come into our home and it's time for somebody to stand up and say, I'm putting a stop to the plague. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. In Texas, about three weeks ago, I went to San Angelo and I, um, I got a hotel room for me and the guys. And I called Pete. I said, hey, are you watching the UN, the Lobos play? I never watched the Lobos play basketball, football. I know some of you guys are diehards. You have them all programmed. And, and I never watched the Lobos play football, but I just happened to catch a Lobo football game while I was in Texas. And I thought, wow, this ought to be good. And I was on the phone with my wife, and we were FaceTiming. I said, are you watching that game? She's like, what game? You never watch TV. I said, I'm watching the Lobos in Texas. And the Lobos had a winning streak, two games. <laughs> but but what, what, what amazed me is that the next day, I started reading the news on my iPad. And all of a sudden, they start talking about the quarterback, Isaiah Chavez. They got the picture up on the screen. Isaiah Chavez was a true freshman. He was a fifth-string quarterback. And you got to read the story. I'll just kind of break it down for you real quick. Isaiah Chavez goes from an unknown nobody, high school kid, from Rio Rancho High School. He goes to the Lobos. And the Lobos are basically comically, the paper said this, comically awful University of New Mexico football team. He, he leads them out of the gutter into the winning column twice. A former star at Rio Rancho, the Gatorade player of the year. He was a scrub in college football parlance, a scout team, a tackling dummy whose main value was giving the team another warm body doing practice. The only hope for Isaiah Chavez to get into the football game and to touch the field was to go out and pick up the tee after they kicked the ball off. You guys know what the tee is? You know what the water boy is, right? Basically, that's what it is. Okay, go get the tee. They kick the ball off. You run out and you get in. You go stand back on the sidelines and you're just there to watch the game. I don't know about you guys, but I love these kind of illustrations. Some of the best. A former star at Rio Rancho High School, his only hope was to run out to pick up the tee after kickoffs. He snapped the Lobos 14-game losing streak. And Chavez moved up to fourth-string quarterback in August of 2020. And then when the third-string quarterback, Brant Hughes, suffered a season-ending injury, he moved up another spot when number one, to the number one signal caller. Teveka Teodi suffered a concussion in November and never returned. By Thanksgiving, that was just this year, by Thanksgiving, he was promoted to second string when Trey Hall went down with a season-ending rib injury. And by December 5th, he became the quarterback when Connor General broke his wrist while falling backward 
on the turf. That, my friends, is a story like Phineas's. Phineas was not the first string quarterback. He was not a starter. He, he was not a starter. You know that the Bible says that the priests in the book of Leviticus, that the priests were given uh, 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 trousers to wear, linen trousers to wear. Whenever they went into the, uh, into the presence of God, they would put on these linen trousers, represented their holiness and their purity. And God says, tell Aaron and his sons not to approach me without those linen trousers. In other words, don't drop your shorts guys come into my presence with with purity and holiness and Phineas he probably wasn't even issued a jersey yet but he said something's got to stop people are dying somebody's got to stand up Moses is too old he can't do it anymore at one time he's the one that stopped the plague but Moses was silent and Eliezer was silent but Phineas Phineas said, you know what, I'm, I'm way back here, but I got to do something about it. He stood up. Amen. He stood up. He wasn't the first string quarterback. He didn't have a starting position. He had already lost two brothers, Nadab and Abihu. You guys remember the story? They offered strange fire to the Lord, and the Bible says, and God killed them. So this guy, talk about defeating the odds. Phineas was was just was was just a little boy when when Joshua said choose for yourselves this day whom you're going to serve if you're going to serve the gods of your fathers or you're going to serve the Lord God if it seems evil to you he says but make up your mind as for me in my house we will serve the Lord Phineas I could just imagine him a little boy looking at Joshua and says yes I make a decision today to serve the Lord I make a decision today to serve the Lord Phineas wasn't a third, he wasn't a first starting quarterback. He probably didn't have the jersey issue to him yet. How many of you guys have ever had a son or a daughter and they came home from practice? I still didn't get my jersey. Still didn't get my jersey. We had one in our family for three years. He never got a varsity jersey, but that's okay. He played. But to get that varsity jersey is a big deal. There's only 13 of them out of how many? Come on, Greg. There's only 13 jerseys. Not everybody makes the starting team. Phineas was there and he said, my God, what are we going to do with this plague? The Bible says Phineas stood up, he intervened, and the plague was stopped. And because of that, it was accounted to him of righteousness. He only got a couple of mentions in the Bible. He, you know, he, the Bible talks about him just a couple of times. He doesn't get very many headlines. But when, when they needed him, he stood up. What was going on in the book of Numbers? Well, we don't have it on the screen. But real quick, I got to go back there. Was what was going on? What was going on in those tents? What was going on in those dwelling places? What was going on inside of the privacy of their home? What was going on into the darkness? I heard Pastor Mike, it's like they were preaching my message, your dwelling place, the, the darkness. What are you allowing? What are you still hiding? And I'm preaching to myself. When I wrote this message, I'm preaching to myself because I know what it's like to have failed God and mess up and blow up and everybody's, have you heard? Have you seen? Uh, so I'm preaching to myself. The first one I preach to when I'm reading this and I'm writing this is like, what are you going to do, Phineas? It's in your home. What are you going to do? 
If you back up in numbers, we don't have it on the screen, so open your Bible. The most powerful words a preacher can say behind a pulpit is open your Bible because a lot of Christians don't come to church with Bibles anymore. The anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. Why? Numbers 25, verse 6. I don't want to be a negaholic. I'm not going to be a negative preacher, but I got to preach this as the Lord put it on my heart for me, for my home, for my life. We're giving ourselves, and Phinehas says, man, we're giving ourselves to the false gods. We're giving ourselves to the bells, and we're giving ourselves to the women. And look at all these, all these, all these plagues killing all these people. Somebody's got to stand up. Phinehas, the Bible says in, in Numbers 26, verse 6, and indeed, some of you are trying to figure out what, what was going on. Here it is. Here's what was going on. And indeed, one of the children of Israel came and presented to his brethren a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses. The, the girls that they were forbidden to marry, he brought her to the house. In the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation, he brought her to church. Now, ain't nothing wrong about bringing a girl to church, guys. I'm about ready to say something right here, real powerful. Bring her to church. And don't take her to the bed until you take her to the altar. That was supposed to be for later. But I'm not casting no stones. He who is without sin, cast the first stone. We got to talk about this stuff. Maybe that's why we get in trouble, because we don't. You hear that message last week? I got 16 more minutes, and I ain't in a hurry. He walked in the sight of Moses. He walked right in front of the congregation. And in front of the children of Israel who were weeping at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Now when Phinehas, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the priest saw it, he arose from the congregation and he took a javelin in his hand and he went after the man of Israel and into the tent and thrust them both and the plague was stopped. Now that's radical. A lot of people can't read the Bible, read stories like that, because they would say that's a cruel thing. That's a cruel, that's all they knew. That's all that they knew how to take care of these, these, those kind of issues. The Bible says, Phinehas says, man, this guy's making a mockery. He brought her right into the church. Wasn't his wife. Just brought her right in. Right, hey, Moses was right there. Moses passed by. Moses didn't say nothing. Walked right by the church, the congregation. They didn't say nothing. Walked right by those who were repenting. And they didn't say nothing. They were repenting of their sin. They were asking God, forgive us, Lord. We give more of ourselves. Lord God, we're fasting and we're praying and we're repenting like we did last week. But that guy walked right through the church. He walked right past Moses, walked right past the altar and still went into the tent. And he took the women in there. <clears throat> Somebody say amen. Is this too hard of a preaching? I never preach like this. I'm trying to keep up with these guys. Phineas stood up and the plague was stopped. He said, I've had enough of giving ourselves to bow worship. God says, I know where you dwell, where the seed of is, but you tolerate the doctrine of bow in the church. One of the translations I read, and, and, and forgive me because I flipped through my pages, 
But every one of these pages, maybe, is archive. I put them away. Sometimes I don't. But the Bible says that he walked right past Moses, parading her. He, he, he walked right past the congregation and the altar, flaunting. The Bible says in one translation, flaunting his behavior in front of Moses and the whole assembly. He paraded that Midianite. He kept bringing her by, bringing her by, and bringing her by. And God says, I told you not to marry those. I told you not to give yourselves to those women. I told you not to, to, to intermarry with them because they're going to bring you down. And, the, and, and Baal, I, I did the math. In the book of Numbers, Baal of Pure was 1156 B.C., almost 2,000 years before Jesus Christ. In the book of Revelation, God says 3,000 years later, we're still dealing with the doctrine of Baal. Why are you so quiet? Somebody say, we're evicting Baal and we're evicting the Midianites from our house. I don't know what your Midianite is, but I'm evicting her today. They said there's no evictions now during the pandemic. But how many of you guys know we got to evict the devil? We got to evict the sins of the flesh. We got to evict the devil from our lives. We're evicting the devil from the church. And you're welcome. All of you are welcome. But there's a place and there's a time for repentance. Do you hear that message last week? That guy just walked right through, walked right by, says, oh, they're repenting. That's for them. I'm going to keep living the way I want. The Bible says he walked right past Moses. Who was Moses? I mean, the guy could read the Bible, but, but it didn't have no effect on his heart. It didn't change his life. It didn't change his ways. He just walked right by. He was in a powerful anointed service. And he walked right by. He, he had no conviction in his heart. And the Lord tell, told me to, to, to write this down is make sure you do not cross the line of no return. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 says, flee sexual immorality. Every sin a man does outside his body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Now, you might not be sleeping with her or sleeping with him, but how many of you guys know Jesus says, it has been said, but I say to you, he who looks at a woman with lust in his eyes has already committed adultery with her in his heart. We may not be, you know, sleeping with them. We might not be texting them. I'm speaking to myself because I know how I get tempted. I know how the devil would love to destroy me. Especially when I hear people saying, the higher you go, the bigger of a target you become. Let's not forget where God has called us out of. 1 Corinthians 7.1, they have it on the screen. says, it is good for a man not to touch a woman unless she is your wife. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, notice because of Baal, because of Baal, it is good that each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. And I love in the King James Version, it says, let the wife render due benevolence to her husband and so likewise to the husbands render to the wife due benevolence. That's a biblical word. You know what that means? If any man thinks he is why is having an improper is act behaving improperly towards his virgin, if he is past the flower of her youth, and thus it must be, let him do what he wishes. He does not sin. Let them marry. Paul said it is good for every man to have his wife, but because he says we're being influenced by the world. 
too much. There's a lot of boys in the church. Paul the Apostle said, when I was a, a boy, I used to talk like a boy. When I was a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Some of us need our second when. Sometimes I'm getting it. A lot of boys in the church need to grow up. We need to man up. Speaking to my own boys, time to man up. I know what the devil's trying to do to me and my family, and I know how we've been here and we, how we've been wounded. Paul says, when I, when I am weak, then I am made strong. We've been wounded, we've been hurt, but guess what? We get back up and we keep serving the Lord. We make mistakes and we fail, but we keep pursuing the Lord. It's no time. But the Bible says, my soul, my soul does not delight in those who shrink back. I have no pleasure in those who shrink back. The Bible says in Numbers that, that, that they harassed you with their schemes by which they seduced you. Because of Baal, they harassed you with their schemes which they seduced you. But Phinehas stood up. He says, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna allow that lady to seduce me no more. I'm not gonna allow this seduction to take place anymore. I'm gonna put a stop into it. Now you may not have a javelin, but you've got the word of God. Now we're not here to cast stones and hurt people and wound people and throw people out the church, but I'm here to say this morning that if you have committed a sin, God will forgive you and thank God that we don't have to take vengeance on our own because the Bible says that he once and for all, he went to the cross and was punished for our sins. Every Old Testament story always pointed to the cross. That's why I love the Old Testament. You can always point to the cross all the time. We are a gospel-centered church. We may not preach book by book and chapter by chapter, but eventually we'll cover it. The Bible says in the, King, in the, second, the book of Kings that Solomon had many foreign women, and he clung to these in love. And you know what they did to him? They turned his heart away from his God. He clung to these in love. But I love you. But you're going to be my wife while I'm not yet. So get your filthy, dirty hands off my leg, boy. Put a ring on it. You want it? It's okay. Tell him you want it because I know he does. Real talk. Am I allowed to talk like that in church? You want it? Put a ring on it. You see that girl right there? She says, you got it? Now you got to put a ring on it. That's just how the Lord told me to say it. I know some of you are laughing, and some of you are saying, my God, you got it? Now you got to put a ring on it, baby. Hello. Can everybody say amen? Uh, Paul said, if you are acting improper towards the wife, towards your virgin, put a ring on it. That's all God said. Oh, no. They're living in fornication. They're going to go to hell. They're having a baby. They're only babies themselves. God says, you got it. Now put a ring on it. And she told me, she says, you're going to marry me. We're going to get married. I was trembling at my knees. You should have seen me as Pastor Mike. I, I, you know, I'm not saying this jokingly. I didn't have a vision for manhood or marriage. Nobody told me you got to get on one knee and propose. Pastor, we're in church. The Lord must be loving this message because I got five more minutes and I almost ran out of. The Bible says that Amnon had a friend and he loved his sister. 
And that's a story we don't like to read in the Bible, but he overcame his sister. He pretended to be sick, and he forced himself on her. Part of David's consequences for the sexual sin in his life, because David didn't kill it in his tent. It went to his son's tent. And the devil will pretend to be anything to get you in bed. uh, He'll even pretend to be, what does the Bible call it? And he was espoused to her. Be careful when you're sick because the devil is slick. I wrote that down right here. Phinehas stood up. Phinehas stood up. And he remembered the words of Joshua. Choose for yourselves whom you will serve. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And some of you men, you need to talk to that young boy. And you need to say, I don't know, but I need you to make a choice. I can't make the choice for you. You got to make the choice to serve the Lord. Elijah said, I'm the only one left. Everybody has left you. Everybody has forsaken you. Lord, they've killed your prophets. And I love what Romans said. Romans chapter 4, they don't got it. It says, but what does the divine response say to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to bow. Are there still any men that are not bowing to bow? Are there still any men in the house of God that say, I'm putting a stop to it. I'm standing up. Are there any men of Phineas spirit in here this morning? Are there any fifth string quarterbacks in here? God's going to take you from a fifth string quarterback to a first string quarterback back just like that he can move you up real quick if you take a stand evict the devil out of your house thank god for jesus i don't got to get a javelin and pull out my little knife and put it in your heart to remove you to stop the plague because the bible says that jesus christ but this man after he had offered sacrifice for sins forever he sat down at the right hand of the father the bible says he was delivered up for us and raise, and after that, we were made right. I got two more minutes, and I'm about ready to quit here. Phineas said, how dare this guy? He walked right by. He walked right by Moses. He walked right by, he walked right by the Bible. He walked right by the pastor. Brought her to church, then he went home. Everybody was repenting. Thank you guys for coming up. That's a good reminder. He walked right past the altar. Everybody was repenting. See, James laid a good foundation last week for me. And we're just going to keep going and going and going and going. And we're going to give ourselves. And we're going to give ourselves. And we're going to continue to give ourselves. Give ourselves to the word. And give ourselves to prayer. And give ourselves to our wives. And, and, and give ourselves to our children. And God says, and as you give yourself to me, I'm going to give you more of me. I'm going to continue pouring my favor out on you. I'm going to continue pouring out my anointing on you. I'm going to continue to open doors for you. Phineas stood up. He said, enough is enough. I wanted to title this message, The Buck Stops Here. But I'm evicting the devil this morning from the church. We're evicting the the sins of the flesh this morning from the church. We're evicting the temptation from our life this morning, from our lives. We're evicting doubt this morning. We're evicting that dirty little devil that's been hanging out. The Bible says, I know your works where the seed of Satan is at. I know you hold fast to my name. I know you cling to me. 
But Satan also has a seat there. And this morning we are evicting him. Will you stand to your feet and say, Today I make a decision to serve the Lord. I'm evicting him from the house. I'm evicting him from the tent. I am evicting him from the presence of God. I remember when Pastor Mike called me up to the old church. He had a little office upstairs. He says, come to the church. I need to talk to you. It's still engraved in my heart. And we shouldn't expect no less. And mamas, don't expect no less of your girls and your boys. He said, you got to decide who you're going to serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And we have not served perfectly. I'm aware of my flaws. I'm aware of where I felt God. There was a time where I couldn't see myself in ministry. I couldn't see myself serving. But God told me, you cannot be bound to that. You can no longer be bound to that. And I love the Apostle Paul when he was in prison in front of King Agrippa. He says, but for the hope of Israel, I am bound. Paul could have said, oh, look, poor me, pitiful me. But he said, I, Paul, the apostle, implore you. Brother Pete said, look at those letters. It's like reading a letter from the apostle Paul. I don't know about you, but... I'm going to reach every prison, every prisoner that I could put a Bible study in his hand, every prisoner that I could put a Bible on his hand, I'm going to do it. For this season of my life, I'm going to do it. I got a church, and it's in Las Cruces. It's in Hobbs. It's in Grants. It's in Santa Fe. It's in Springer. And they don't got Facebook, baby. All they got is old school TVs and DVDs. And the Lord has opened up that door. And I'm walking right through it. And you are too. I'm walking right through that door. I'm tired of the devil harassing and hindering me. And the Bible says they harassed you. The Midianites harassed you. How many of you guys are tired of being harassed by the devil? I know I am. Read it. It says, For they harassed you with their schemes, for which they seduced you in the matter of pure and in the matter of Cosby. Who's Cosby? That was the girl's name. In the matter of Cosby, the daughter of a leader of Midian, the sister who was killed in the plague. Cosby will destroy you, brothers. We all read and we all see what the devil does to those celebrities. Cosby. She's right there in the Bible. Read it. Cosby. Some of us need to kick Cosby out. I'm giving you an eviction notice, Cosby. I'm not living for Cosby. I'm not following Cosby. I'm removing her from my life, whatever her is. Let's surrender ourselves to the Lord.